Actually, go ahead and go to the book of Acts, First Timothy three fifteen. That's uh, where we've been get kind of got the title for this series of messages that we're going to be doing. Paul, uh, he said it was very important that we know how we ought to behave ourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. Uh, when we come to the house of God, there's things that God expects from us. There's things that He wants to see. And uh, we've got, been going over some of these things. We've been trying to follow the example that we see that was set in the book of Acts when the day of Pentecost came. We see that uh, the first week we talked about how uh, the disciples, they were all in one place. It's important uh, if, we're gonna, if you're going to do what you're supposed to do in the house of God, it's important that you're there. If we're not here, well then we really can't do what we're supposed to do. Um, you know, I try to do my best, you know, as a pastor and as a preacher. But you know what? I'd have a really hard time doing good, a good job preaching if, when service rolled around, I wasn't here. <laughs> that wouldn't work out real well. And let me tell you, it just as important as it is to have a pastor and have somebody preaching. It's important that he has somebody to preach to. And uh, and I thank God that you know we have people uh, that are faithful to the house of God and that are here, and that we haven't had any services where I didn't have anybody to preach to. I'm thankful for that. That's a that's a blessing. And you never know when you're just starting a church. It um, it can happen. I've heard a lot of stories, and I had I had all kinds of warnings and folks that were telling me you know be prepared to only preach to your family, and um, you know and. 
I was like, you know, I was fine. You know, if I have to do that, I'll do that. But I'm thankful I haven't had to yet. <laughs> and uh, they they have to hear me preach all the time. You know, I'm always preaching at them, like, you know, kids, you know, thou shalt behave thyself in the back of the van. You know, behave. You know, stop. You know, calm down. You know, obey your parents. You know, they they hear those things all the time. But uh, and in, uh, in, in church, it's very important. The attendance it said also that they were in one accord. We need to be in agreement in some things. We can't be here all serving our own God. We we got to have there's some things we've got to have in common. Of course, we're all going to have our little disagreements, and we're all going to have uh, different things. We got a lot of different personalities here, but uh, there are some things though that we need to be in one accord about. I, I hope that we all have we're in one accord when it comes to who we serve. I hope y'all uh, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I hope you love your neighbor. I hope you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. I hope you, I hope you believe those things. I hope you want to see people saved and come to know Christ. You know, there's there's those things that we've got to be in one accord about. You know, it would be pretty sad if somebody showed up at church and they hear me preaching that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And then they come forward and they're wanting to give their heart to Christ. And then I, I, you know, I have somebody come and you know take the Bible and show them how to be saved. And then that, and then that person tells them, you know, just just be a good person. That's all it takes. You know, just let, make sure your good works outweigh your bad. You know, go get baptized. You know, hopefully they're going to get the same message, the same thing from the pulpit and from the pews, uh, from the Bible. Hopefully we're all going to be in one accord. In that area, not all doing our own thing. And then um, another thing that I think is very, very important, and a lot of times we do some of these other things right. People, they show up for church like they're supposed to. They're in one accord. People, they agree on everything. But there's another thing that I think is very, very important when we come to the house of God. And I think it's very important that we are prepared for the results. That we're expecting God to do something. Um, many people today, when they come to church, they come with an attitude of, I'm just going to come and go through the motions. Okay? That, that's very dangerous. That's very easy. It's very easy for that to happen. Church, you know, it can come, it, sometimes if we're not careful, we can let it become very repetitive and ritualistic. And we don't want to do that. We should always come with an attitude of expecting God to do something. I think that's very important. And, uh, and I believe that these people did that day. They all came together. They were all in one accord. They were all in one place. And then verse 4 it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Right here we see one of the results that these people saw is the filling of the Holy Ghost. It happened that day. They all, they all came together all in one accord in one place and they're praying. And you know, Jesus had told them, now I'm going to send you my comforter. That day was going to come and they're getting ready for this day of Pentecost. There was going to, Jerusalem was going to be full of people. People from all kinds, all over the world and from different countries. And what a, I mean, no better opportunity to really, I mean, really start to spread the gospel than at this time and at this day. And boy, these people, they came and they were prepared, boy. They're, they're, they come together and they're praying. And I tell you, it's important that when we pray, that we're expecting God to do something. I think, I think that's important. You know, God knows what's in our heart. And I think a lot of times we pray just because it's something we're supposed to do, but we don't expect God to do anything. 
You know, I hate it. And it's kind of annoying sometimes when my kids come to me and they'll ask me for something. And then when I say no, they kind of have to say, oh, I knew you were going to say no. It's like, well, why would you even ask? <laughs> and you know, we're like that with God sometimes. We'll go and we'll ask, but we don't expect God to do anything. We don't expect God to answer our prayer. And a lot of times that's probably because we know it probably isn't His will. We know it's probably something we shouldn't have. But if we have, if our hearts are right, if we know what we're doing is right, and we go and we pray and we ask God to do something, we should fully expect to see results. And I believe that these people did that that day. And they, uh, and they were there and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm here to tell you today that if we want, if we want to accomplish anything in this church, we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost to control our lives. We need Him, we need Him to guide us. We need to be obedient to the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost of God that does a work in the hearts of people. It's not us. Without the work of the Holy Ghost, we're not going to accomplish anything. And church, listen, we're going to have all kinds of folks come through here. We're going to have we're going to have people who are backslidden that come through here. There's going to be people who are lost and on their way to hell. And if anything is going to change in their life, it's not going to be uh, we're not going to change them by just an eloquent speech that I give or some fiery message. It's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost to get through to that. It's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost and we need that and we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And not just the pastor. The people need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We need to all be obedient and they they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak in other tongues and this wasn't the, this wasn't like you see going on in churches today where they're all just doing some gibberish. They were speaking in other languages, other tongues, other languages. It means the same thing. And they had all these people that are there that speak different languages and they were able to preach to these people and they're speaking in their own language, but then everybody's hearing it in their language. This was a miracle of God. This was something that, uh, this was a special thing. God doesn't do that today. We have the Word of God today. Therefore, we don't we don't need tongues. The Bible said that that was going to cease. We've got the Word of God today. We don't we don't need tongues, but we do need the Holy Ghost of God. We need Him. We need Him in our church. We need Him to show up. We need Him to fill our people. I mean, it ought to be your prayer that the Holy Ghost fill. I mean, Lord, fill the pastor as he preaches. Lord, fill me. As I sit there, you know, if we would be full of the Holy Ghost sitting there in the pews, it could make a difference. If we're filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, we're going to be more focused on the message. And it's going to, and I'm telling you, things like that affect other people. If everybody's sitting there and everybody's acting distracted, if people are falling asleep, you know, there's going to be folks sitting out there thinking, oh, this must not be that important. But boy, if we're engaged, if we're paying attention, if we're responding to the message, other folks are going to come and they're going to see that and they're going to think, wow, this must be important. Well, that person's said, you know, you hear all those people say amen to what the pastor said? They must agree with this too. There must be something to this. The pastor must not be the only one that believes this. He must not be the only one that's experienced this thing called salvation. It looks like everybody else is all on board with this. You know what? Maybe that's exactly what I need. And when they see that agreement, and many times it's something that can spread and it can affect them. It's just as important that God's people sitting in the pews be filled with the Holy Ghost. We ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost when we're singing. We need to be singing to the Lord. We need to be singing. We need to be singing from our hearts. That's not a good time to be, you know, counting the light bulbs and counting the how many, you know, 
lines there are there in the plywood or knots in the wood. You know, you don't want to do things like that. You know, we're we're here to serve God. We're here to worship Him, and we're going to sing out. We we want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be obedient in whatever we do. And you know, if we're going to do that, there's things that we're going to do ahead of time too. We're going to be uh, we're going to be, we're going to be praying for that. You know, we don't just turn on the Holy Ghost just like that. All right, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Here we go. All right, it doesn't work like that. If, and to be filled with the Holy Ghost, I believe it, it's to be controlled by the Holy Ghost. We, um, when we are doing exactly what God wants us to do, that's when we can be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's when He uses us, when we're being obedient to Him. If you're disobeying God, you're not going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. When you're filled, you're going to be obedient to Him. If you're falling asleep during the message, then that's God's not going to use that. He's not going to He's not going to fill you with the Spirit during that time. If all the way to church, you know, you and your family are just having it out with each other and yelling and screaming and hollering and fighting at each other, God's not going to use that. I tell you, we ought to have. If you if you haven't prayed all week, I mean, you've been living like the devil all week, and then you just show up for church and think this boom, okay, I'm filled. I'll be filled with the Holy Ghost now. It's not going to work that way. We need to be obedient to God. We need to be controlled by Him in our daily lives. You know, Christianity is not just a Sunday thing. It ought to be something that we live every day of our life. And we prepare. Say, I want to be right with God. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be obedient to Him. I want God to do things. And if God's going to work through me, I can't be grieving the Holy Spirit all week long. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And these folks were. They were doing exactly what God had told them to do. And that's what we ought to be doing every day of our life. We need to be doing exactly what God wants us to do. And there's all kinds of things. You know, we need to be doing the things like, you know, providing for our families. You know, when you're, you're working your job, that's what God wants you to do. He's giving you a job. When you're there, it's, your responsibility as a Christian to be the best employee you can be, to do the best job, to have the best testimony you can, and provide for your family. He wants you to do that. You know, when you're at school, you know, he wants you to be the best student that you can possibly be. You're there to learn. That is God's will for you during that time. For you to be in school, to be doing the work that you're supposed to do, and let the Holy Spirit control you all week. And when you're, and when you have those temptations, maybe to, to cheat in school or to do something dishonest on the job, say, no, I want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit of God. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And when we're obedient all week long, and when we're following God all week long, God's going to be more able to use us on Sunday when we come to the house of God. We've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God. It's so important that we, that, uh, that we allow Him to control us. The songs that we sing on Sunday, the songs that they ought to be the same things that we're singing throughout the week. We ought to have, we ought to be, you know, listening to the right kind of music can help put you in the right frame of mind. Some of the, I tell you, some of the junk people listen to today, it's no wonder they're having the spiritual problems that they're having. We've got, we want to be controlled by the Holy Ghost all week long. It's very important. And we need to be, and we need to be prepared for that to happen. We need to be preparing ourselves to be used of God all week long. We say, you know what? I can't allow that in my life. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I want to be used of Him. Sunday's coming. I want God to use me in some way. And so all week long, we prepare ourselves 
And that is very important so God can use us because we're, we're expecting something. We, every week we ought to be expecting God to do something in the house of God. And if we're doing what we're supposed to all week, then you will. You're automatically going to expect God to do something. And these people, they did. They expected God to do something. And then in verse 5 it says, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? Another thing that happened that day that I believe we ought to expect is miraculous, unexplainable behavior. I mean, these these are the disciples of Christ. They weren't the well-educated people. You know, the Pharisees. They were kind of the more well-educated ones. They were the they were the smarter ones. But you know what? Jesus didn't really use those folks. He used them fishermen from Galilee. He used he used the common folks. And these people are looking there, hearing these people speaking all these other languages. Well. Being able to speak multiple languages, that was something that only the well-educated people were able to do. And what are these Galileans doing speaking in all these other languages? This doesn't make sense. This Something's going on here. This we, Then it says they were confounded. They're stumped. How can these people do that? This can't be done. And it was obvious that what was being done was not the work of man, but it was a work of God. And people responded to that. And I'm here to tell you that folks need to see that when they come to the house of God, they need to see God do a work. But I'm here today to tell you that God works through His people. And we ought to expect God to be able to do great things through us. Listen, I understand people when that, you know, a lot of times we get real caught up in our own, you know, uh, like, we're like Moses. Moses thought, God, how can I, how can you use me to deliver the children of Israel? Lord, I can't lead these people. Lord, I can't speak. Lord, I'm slow with speech. Moses was saying all these things about himself that were totally true. And God told him, Moses, who was it that made man's mouth? God told Moses, this isn't going to be you. This is going to be me working through you. And that's exactly what God did. And Moses, God did some great things through Moses. And God can do great things through you. We can talk all day long about our disabilities or our our shortcomings or our our faults that we have, but we need to understand that God can still use any of us if we're just obedient to Him. In fact, He can use us in a great way. And He wants to use us in a great way. And we ought to expect Him to. And there's no reason why He shouldn't if we're obedient to Him. And the folks they saw it that day, they looked at the people and they didn't glorify these people and say, wow, what well-educated, brilliant Galileans are speaking multiple languages. They knew, no, this is the work of God here. And they listened. And people need to see that when they come to the house of God. And if we're filled with the Holy Ghost, they're going to be able to tell. That's why we want to see people saved. And we want to see their lives changed. When people come to the house of God, and when they see people who at one time maybe were living wicked lives, and they see them, their lives transformed, and they see them changed, they're going to look at that and say, listen, I know that person. I know what they used to be. I know what they used to do. And now look at what they're doing for God. Then folks are going to see that and they say, this person's got something that's real in their life. And everybody's looking for something like that. And they're going to say, I want that too. And that happened that day. And we ought to expect that 
They happened. Another thing that happened, we see here in verse 6, it says, Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded. Notice this is when it was noised abroad. If the Holy, if we start allowing the Holy Ghost to control us, if we start being obedient to Him and He starts working through us, folks are going to hear about it. They're going to hear about it. People are going to talk about it. Man, have you, hey, have you heard what's going on at that new church? Man, they're a brand new church and boy, the Lord's just doing great things there. They're going to hear about it. People are going to talk about it. Really? Yeah, I've heard, boy, you know, I mean, I, I used to go to church, but boy, my church died out and it's just been dead and God hasn't moved there in years. Well, I'd really like to see something like that happen. I'd really like to see a work of God. I'd like to see God move. You know what? I might go try that out. They're gonna tell you, word's gonna get out. People are gonna talk about it. When something that's something that's real, people are gonna talk about it. I thank God. Now, I believe that's one of the things that's helped our church. Folks have been talking about what's going on here, and I tell you, there's been many times I've been out knocking on doors, and I've talked. I've talked to folks and said, I've heard about your church. I've heard what's going on. I've, there's been people who've come in and visited here, and they said, Yeah, I heard about the church from so and so. I heard, and it's important that we want that to happen. And we ought to expect people to come to the house of God. The drawing of multitudes, it says, that. But we ought to expect that. And you know what? If we've been obedient to God, if we've been doing what we're supposed to do, if we've been inviting people, you know, there's been times in church where I didn't expect to get any visitors. You know why? I didn't invite anybody. If we don't invite anybody, how can we expect that? You know, there's there's been times I haven't expected anybody to get saved. You know why? I hadn't witnessed anybody. They're not just going to come knocking on your door and say, hey, can you show me how to get saved? <laughs> anybody ever had that happen to them? Somebody just come randomly knocking on your door and say, hey, do you know how to get saved? I'm looking for somebody that can tell me. It hasn't happened. It's We've got to go and get them. We might have some people that just randomly drop in on this church, on this church, but most of the time we're going to have to go out and get them. There's a lot of there's a lot of places they could go. What's going to make them just pick this church? We've got to get the word out. We we want it to be noised abroad, we, and we need to be expecting that to happen. I, I thank God for all the visitors that we've had come through this church. I thank God for that. I, I, honestly, I mean, I, I expect it. I, I get excited every week. I'm wondering, you know, I wonder what, who we're going to get for visitors today. I, I expect it. Sometimes I expect it, you know, especially after weeks when I've done a lot of visiting, done a lot of inviting people. And you know what? God's even done brought a lot of visitors some weeks when I hadn't done a whole lot. Um, but I, but a lot of times it's because other people in the church have been doing it. Other people have been inviting people and asking people. And we ought to expect that. Also, we, we, another thing we see here in chapter or in verse seven it says, "And they were all amazed and marvelled, saying one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in his own tongue, wherein we were born? It goes and it names off all these languages and all that people were hearing spoke. And then in verse eleven it says, "Them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God." And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one another, what meaneth this? I mean, the folks, they were amazed at what was going on. They didn't exactly know what to think about it because it was unlike anything that they had seen before. 
They hadn't seen anything done like this. This was new to them. And while, and we need a, one of the things that we ought to expect to happen when people come into the house of God is we ought to expect the lost to give glory to God. We don't want them to come in here and just think that we're great. Because you know what? We can make people think we're great if we work at it. But guess what? Folks can change their minds real quick. And even if we have a good week and are great one week, we're going to have our weeks where we're not so great. And we don't want to get them focusing too much on us. We want to get them glorifying God. We want to point them to the Savior. And in verse 13 it says, And others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. While some gave God the glory, not everybody did. We're going to have some that come through here and they're going to scoff. They're going to doubt. They might, they might even mock at what's going on. And there's, there will always be mockers and scoffers no matter what the results. We've got to expect that. Not everybody that comes through is going to listen. Not everybody's going to believe. Not everybody's, I mean, it, there's going to be those who come and that just want to cast doubt and want to criticize. That's going to happen. It's been happening since the day of Pentecost. 2,000 years ago. It's going to, it's going to keep on happening today. And when it does, we're not going to let it discourage us. It's happened to better churches than ours. It's happened since, since the days of the disciples. It's going to always happen. But you know what? We're going to keep on plugging away. We're going to keep on doing what we're supposed to do. Because that's, that's what God wants us to do. We're here to glorify God. We're here to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God. We're going to do what He wants us to do. And I'm not telling us to come in and you know we're talking about expecting things. I'm not saying you know come here thinking, wow, I wonder who's going to make fun of us today. I wonder who's going to scoff at us today. I'm not talking about having a bad attitude. But when it does happen, don't get shocked. Don't get surprised. You know, we might have somebody come through here one of these days and he might decide that he wants to straighten me out, you know, right in the middle of the service. Now, stuff like that happens sometimes. You know, we might have some folks get mad and decide that they're going to walk out. It's alright. It's, that kind of stuff has always happened and it always will happen. We're not going to let it shake us. It's not going to, we're not going to let it throw us. We're going to, we're going to keep on going. And, we, but we need, to, we need to be prepared for that. And then also, another thing we see happen that we ought to expect to happen. In verse 37 in chapter 2, it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now listen, I'm not here with, you know, I don't show up here to preach to make people feel bad. But you know what? When we preach the gospel, when we preach the word of God, people are going to get pricked in the heart. They're going to get convicted. That's supposed to happen. People today, they, they don't want to go to churches where they get convicted. Oh, every time I go to that church, the preacher just makes me feel bad. No, the preacher's not making you feel bad. The Holy Spirit's making you feel bad. The Holy Spirit's trying to show you that you're a sinner and that you need to give your heart to Christ. That's the Holy Spirit doing that. And if He is, if He's pricking your heart, you need to thank God for that. That means He wants to save you. That means you still got a chance. You need to thank God every time you go to church and you're made to feel bad. Thank God for that. It means He's not done with you. But one of the things that we ought to expect is we ought to expect lost to see lost people repent. 
of their sins. You know, one of the reasons we don't work real hard at maybe getting lost people into the house of God is we don't expect anything to happen. Now, I think all of us, we've got friends, we've got family members, we've got neighbors that we want to see get saved and we want to see their lives change and we want to see them give their hearts to Christ. We want them to go to heaven. But one of the reasons we don't work real hard on getting them in the house of God is we're not expecting them to get saved. I'll tell you what, when I'm here today to tell you that when you invite somebody, man, you need to pray for them like crazy. I mean, you need to pray for them. You need to maybe witness to them some ahead of time. And when they come to church, expect them to get saved. Expect them to give their heart to Christ. Don't pray to God and say, Lord, will you save these people? I know you're probably not going to. Do you think that pleases God at all? I I don't think so. We need to expect it. We need to be praying for I tell you, there's been people I've seen come to church before that I knew were lost. And I don't know, there was just something that told me that person's going to get saved today because maybe I knew their situation. I knew their family had been praying for them for a long time. And they showed up and you could just see their family members are there. You can just see it in their eyes. They're expecting them to get saved. They're hoping and praying. An invitation would come around. You could just see it in their faces. Are they going to respond? Are they going to go forward? Are they going to give their hearts to Christ? And then you see it happen. You just see you see the thrill in their eyes. They've been praying for it for a long time, and they were fully expecting it to happen. Now I've seen others. They've got that lost person in, and they just kind of have this attitude that oh, they're not going to listen. They're going to be disobedient to the Holy Ghost. They're not going to get saved, and they don't. We need to expect God to save the lost, and if we do, we're going to work really hard in getting them into the house of God. And we've got to expect it. In verse, and then also another thing we see in verse 41 through 47, we're not going to read the whole thing, but it says, Then they that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 3,000 people joined the church that day. And then, they, and then in verse 42 it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common. And they just went on and all these great things began to happen. And then verse 47, it says, Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. You know what was happening there? God's will was being done. What God wanted to happen was being done. The church was growing. I mean, it was growing fast. It was growing in a great way. And that was exactly what God wanted to happen. And did you know that, did you know God wants Liberty Baptist Church to grow? He does. God wants this church to grow. And if we are filled with the Holy Ghost of God, if we are obedient to the Word of God, folks are going to get saved. God is going to add people to this church. I fully expect this church to grow. That's why I preach the things I preach. I'm trying to encourage folks to be obedient to the Word of God. If we'll do the things that we're supposed to do, God's going to do His part. God's wanting to do His part. 
But he's, he expects something from us. He wants us to do our part. And we've got to make sure that we don't let anything stop us from doing it. Because I'm here today to tell you, I expect this church to grow. I don't know exactly how it's going to work. I don't know how long it's going to take. But I expect God to do something. And we need to expect that. I, 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 it bothers me sometimes when folks, they've got this attitude of, well, oh boy, you know, it's, it's tough here in this area. I don't know if, you know, I, I've talked to folks and they said, well, uh, I, I talked to a pastor one time. And he said, well, I'll be praying for your church. I, I hope you can get something going out there. And, and the way he said it, it kind of gave off the impression that I'll pray for it, but I wouldn't hold my breath. And I thought, well, thanks a lot. You know, you were really encouraging. And it was just—it was basically, you know, he was saying, you know, it's, it's just a wicked area. Well, last I checked, most of this world's pretty wicked. But I've seen God do some great things in some pretty wicked parts of the world. And there's no reason in the world why He can't do it here. And I'm here today to tell you that I don't like that attitude. I've talked to people out knocking on doors and, oh, that's good to hear about a church getting started out there. Boy, Lord knows this area sure needs it. I sure hope you can get something going there. I'll be praying for you. It's like, wow, that attitude. Maybe, maybe you can go visit one of the other churches, you know. Hey, we don't want to bring that attitude to church. We need to be expecting God to do something. We need to expect this church to grow. And if we're doing what we're supposed to do, God's going to bless it. There may, God may put us through a time of testing. God might want to test our faithfulness for a while. He might want to see just how we, you know, respond and how we react maybe when things aren't going the way we would like them to go. That, that might happen. And either way, I, I say let's just be obedient to God now. Good or bad. Let's do what God wants us to do. God is going to do His part. Let's every week, every week when we come to the house of God, do our best to be obedient to the house of God. And if we do, we can fully expect something to be done. And that's what we see there in verse 47. God's will was being done. The amount of people, it doesn't say exactly, but it said that the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I don't know what that number is. I don't know, but I believe, I don't believe it's a small number. I don't think God brought us here just so we can get, you know, 50 or 60 or even 100 people saved, and then that be enough. I think the Lord's wanting to save a lot of folks out here. I believe He, I believe He's wanting us to fill this church up. I believe He wants us to even maybe be a part of starting churches in other areas. We've got some folks that, you know, come from towns that are far away that don't have a good gospel preaching church. I believe there may come a day where the Lord uses us to get a church started in some of those areas. I believe that, I mean, I believe God wants us to do some big things out here. But right now we've got to be faithful in the little things, and the Lord is going to Lord's going to grow this ministry. I, I fully expect that. I, I believe I, I want God's will to be done. And you know, this all it can sound so easy. But what's stopping? What what stops it then? Well, you know, why don't these things happen right away? You know, when we read this story, you know, you read it, you read it, you know, you can read it in a few minutes. Sometimes these things took a while. Sometimes they were slow processes. In this case, it happened fast. But it doesn't always happen that way. But I believe the reason that we don't always see this happening, that just sounds so simple. There's one thing that stops it, and that's our flesh. We Many times, 
If we're not careful, we let our flesh get in the way. If we're going to have success, we have to put off the carnal and we have to put on the spiritual. If we're not careful, we can maybe things don't go the way we want to and we're going to let our flesh get in the way and say, you know what? Boy, things aren't going the way I would like to see them go. You know, why don't we make this church a little more up to date or a little more with the times? You know, you know, let's let's not sing them old hymns. You know, well let you know, let's let's have some Christian rock, you know. Let's get let's get the bands in. You know, let's let's not do this traditional stuff. You know what I mean? You know, don't don't read don't read from that King James Bible. It has all them these and thous in it. We're gonna confuse everybody. You know, don't do that. Let's get let's get an updated Bible. You know, let's be a little more let's get one of them gender neutral Bibles. So, you know, because the Bible's always saying, man, we we don't want to offend any of the ladies. Let's let's modernize things. That's what our flesh is gonna say to do. We and you know what? We could probably get bigger crowds a lot quicker that way. If we put on some big flashy concert in here, I bet we could get a lot of folks here. But you know what? We're not gonna we're not gonna let the flesh determine what we do because that will quench the spirit of God. And then we might and then all we're gonna do is succeed in having a place that has big crowds every week. And that's not what I want. I want us to have a church that's obedient to the Word of God and that where the Holy Spirit can do a work where people can really get saved and give their hearts to Christ. We've got to put off that carnal. We've got to put off the spirit, put on the spiritual. We need to put off the old man, which is the flesh, as it talks about in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20 through 24. And we need to put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6, 11 through 13 talks about it. It says, put on the whole armor of God. That ye may be stand against the wiles of the devil. We've got we've got to put on the armor of God. We've got to do it on purpose. It's not just going to happen. We've got to put on that. We we've got to get that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We we've got to have this Bible. A lot of guys, people today, you know they they preach and they'll do little sermons. And they might reference a verse, but boy, it's. You, know, you watch a lot of these TV preachers and look how often you see a Bible in their hand. You don't see it very often. Look how many times they actually read a Scripture. You don't, you don't see it very often. I mean, we got preachers today that they're not preaching out of Bibles anymore. They're preaching out of iPads and things. Well, it's got a Bible in it. So, so what? Get the book. <laughs> Get the Bible. For all we know, you're playing video games while you're up there preaching. I mean, you know, the way people are these days are pretty coordinated with that stuff. They're probably skilled enough to play a video game and preach at the same time. I couldn't do that. Stick to the old pest. We got we need to take that sword of the spirit. We need we need to take that shield of faith. We've got to put those things on, and when we do those things, we'll be able to be warriors for Christ and soldiers for Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians six eleven. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's what people are going at in churches today. They're using all these carnal things trying to appeal to people's fleshly side. But here's the thing. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness 
and high places. This is a spiritual battle that we're in. It's not a physical battle. It's spiritual. So it says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. If we're going to win in a spiritual battle, then we're going to have to use spiritual things. We're going to have to use the Word of God. We're going to have to sing the songs of God. We're going to have to do real good, I mean, real prayer. We're going to have to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God. It's absolutely necessary. And I believe that if we could do like they did, if we would just every day be expecting God to do something, I think just that little thing there would make all the difference in the world. Because if we're expecting God to do something, we're going to be preparing ourselves all week. If you're expecting God to show up, on Sunday, you're going to want to make sure that you're spiritually ready for Him. You're not going to be getting involved in all kinds of junk. If you're when you're expecting, if when you're expecting God to be around, there's there's things that you're going to do. There's ways you're going to prepare yourself. And and when we do those things spiritually all the time, not just on Sunday, then that's when God can really use us and we can see great things happen. You might think there's things I can never do. You'd be surprised. You'd get filled with the Holy Ghost of God. You'd be amazed at how He could use you. I could never win somebody to Christ. I could never teach a Sunday school class. I could never stand behind a pulpit and preach. Be surprised. Let the Holy Ghost start controlling your life. He will do great things. So with that, let's all stand together tonight with our heads bowed and eyes closed.